This is the Big O Money Show with Bill Altman from the Premier Advisory Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Bill provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is the Big O Money Show with Bill Altman. Good morning and welcome to the Big O Money Show with me, Bill Altman, co-host Tony Shore here from Omaha, Nebraska, Premier Advisory Group. And Thank you all so much for being with us this morning. And uh, what a cold, cold, brutal uh, week and month that we've oh. had here. And uh, a little warm-up that we have seen. Uh, but, geez, negative. Tony, we were negative, what, 40-some degrees, I guess, at one point? That's, for that, we well, get the sad trombone. That is I, too cold. I like it. You know, it is, it, but we didn't have the crazy winds that we've had in years past, so it really didn't feel too bad, at least to me. Now, I'm one that will go from a heated car to a heated office or a right. heated house, right? But we did, you know, you got to always keep the people in your prayers that are do not have that luxury Yeah, because that is out there. We actually did see people on the corner on the streets and you know holding signs at you know when the temperature the real temp was negative 20 degrees that's cold that's crazy yeah it was i woke up one morning this past week and it was negative 24 uh here in the twin cities in minneapolis and you know you don't go outside for any reason at that point and they said negative 45 wind chill of course there it wasn't windy thank god but it was cold, and uh, at that point, I that's immediately where my mind goes. There's so many, you know, homeless veterans and homeless people and people that just, you know, don't have a great place to go. That's right. Got to be fortunate. Got to got to be. You know, you, you, we're fortunate and we're we're blessed, and we have to make sure we give back. That's, that's all there the is key. to it. Yeah. Yep. And so, you know, it was neat to see people here in the Twin Cities area really band together. And there was a group here that put together these, you know, tiny home, these little tiny homes with heat. Uh, and I don't know how many, they did like a ton of them in just a couple of days. I mean, so many wow. people got together. And so that got, you know, some people off the streets, which is just great. Uh, there were whole families uh, that were off you know, didn't have any place to go and the shelters are full. So, uh, it was really great to see people, uh, you know, coming together to try to solve this problem, but you know, it's the bigger problem needs to be solved. But in the meantime, when temps get like this, you got to do something too. So, uh, yeah, it's just cold has been kind of the headline. Uh, but for you personally, Bill, you just took a trip with your entire family, right? And you're, you're now at the stage where I've been for the last uh, two or three years, and that's uh, looking for colleges for your high school students. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah, we took a, we were road warriors to Lawrence, Kansas and checked out KU, which was pretty cool. And as Tony and I were talking a little bit ago, 
I mean, my my 15 year old son, he's a great kid, great student, you know, 4-0, all that kind of great stuff, plays sports, and but he also likes the Xbox and just like any 15 year old does. And sure. I guess they don't really like to leave the basement anymore either. No, no. You know, especially with their parents. So he said, hey, we're going to go start checking out some colleges. And I'm we're real busy, just like everybody else. And yep. every weekend is, is taken up by typically uh, one of the kids' games on basketball or something's going on. And so it's rare that we actually have a free weekend and we were, we had a free weekend. So we decided to take it. And Danielle, my wife booked a trip to KU or booked a, uh, a tour at KU. Also at that, at that same tour, we got to see Allen Fieldhouse and go through really what uh, Mr. Naismith, James Naismith created the, the game of basketball. He invented the, the game of basketball back in the 1800s, really. And he brought basketball to Kansas, and he was the first coach at Kansas. He coached uh, Fog Allen, who became the coach for 39 seasons afterwards. And to get to see that athletic center, I think, was incredible, just amazing. Uh, and I, we, we have a big passion for the sport of basketball. We love our Creighton Jays. I mean, just a lot of fun, um, I, I think. And you know why else I like basketball? Because the games are not that long, and they're inside. In, 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 in <laughs> Omaha, when, it's, when you never know what the temperature is going to be, it's either like 142 degrees or negative 200. Right. You know, we right. have these crazy swings in temperature, it's nice to be able to kind of get in and out. And for people that are busy, we're all busy nowadays, right? It's nice to kind of get in and out uh, quicker. And what, that's what the game of basketball helps us do. And it's a, and it's a, a sport where it's, it's like nonstop, right? There's always action, which right. is a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, that is, that is a great benefit of basketball. It's a good spectator sport. Back to your college experience. So uh, you have a son who's looking at colleges. He's going to be a junior in high school, and you, you that's when you want to start. These days, you've got to start the process that soon, don't you? You really do, and people were asking, too, Jesus, isn't that a little early to start it? And, you know, it goes back to these kids have options, you know, and that's a great thing that they have options. Um, and we want to just make sure it's a good fit. It's expensive. We talked about that. You know, you talk about all these different expenses that come up in life, and, you know, as you know, as the kids get older, the expenses only keep growing. It starts off, you know, you think it's real expensive and you're buying the diapers and all that. And then you move forward into sports and select sports and that's expensive. And then you move into college and you're like, holy smokes, what are we going to do? And Tony, you were talking about, you know, your daughter looking at a college and I mean, heck, I mean, these colleges and it's a good school, but yeah. rack rate, rack rate on it, 65 grand a year. And they'll, you know, they'll pay the first 25, geez, you're still at 40 G's, yep. 40,000 bucks a year. You're going to pump out and how many kids do you have? You know, do they take out student loans for it? You know, and, and people listening, they're thinking, maybe you're thinking, if you haven't seen college prices for a while, geez, that might be the most expensive college in the United States. But I'm going to tell you, um, they're all darn expensive. And that's yeah. the whole thing, unless you're getting some good in-state. And here locally, we have some good in-state tuition rates and some really good educational facilities. But these kids nowadays, they want to go out of state. And I don't blame them. I went to Arizona. I got out of here, right? And I think it was a really great 
uh, growing up for me. I met met new friends. I was forced to do things like my own laundry, right? And, <laughs> right. And get a job in a different area without, you know, so we have all these different things and you're really responsible. You do mature and you grow up. And so I respect that for if I would, if I took that opportunity away from my kids, I don't, I don't think that would be, you know, very fair, I guess. And, and no. being the fact that they are really, really good students as for, or as for their grades. That's important. You know, yeah, it is. And so starting to look at that process and realize the impact it has on a retirement, right? You know, and the impact it can have on your own finances. You know, Danielle and I sit down and look at, you know, the amount of money with our three kids. We have an 11 year old, a 13 and a 15 year old. Um, and so a sixth grader, an eighth grader and a, and a, and a sophomore currently. And, and, you know, in two years, you got that sophomore pretty much starting to go off to college, right? And, and so what, what kind of impact will that be? And you, and you look at it and as you start to, and then you start, and then you get through that because a lot of you listening have been there, done that you've put your kids through, or they took the loans or you took the loans or something happened where the bottom line is it's not free. Right. And I I know there are some people out there that want to make college completely free. My biggest fear with that is once you make something free does it lose its value that scares me a lot and I hear about you know them you know I, I hear about certain people wanting to wipe out um, all student loan debt or a majority or people that are making under this amount of money wipe out their student loan debt what's the value of that education and and maybe and maybe yeah. I'm looking at it wrong but I truly think and I'll talk to people I got a good friend of mine uh, Dr. Abel, and he's told me this before too. He said, "You know, what the, the, the value once you once you take away the you know the price on something, the, the value gets diminished." And I fully I, I I see that. I remember going to college, and I would pay. I paid for um, several of my own semesters, and I did it from working. I worked. I had a, a great internship that that was a pretty good paid internship too um, in Kansas in Topeka. So I came from Arizona uh, to Kansas every summer to do this internship and I would save that money and I would pay for the following semester's tuition. Now I would make about 5,000 bucks over the summer. So this is going back over 20 years ago now. That was pretty good money. Yeah. So I'd make $5,000 over the summer. And, and, and that was my college tuition, Tony. I was about 5,000 bucks a semester back then. Now for that, and that was out of state tuition, by the way, now going forward, heck, um, I don't think you can go to university of Arizona for less than 50 grand with, you know, all in rap rate, you know, here's, here's Um, the, here's the, um, here's the cost. The average, uh, this is from educationdata.org, which is a very reliable website. This is what they do. And this is where you get the official numbers. Uh, the uh, This year, the average cost of college in the United States uh, for a public four-year institution is going to be $26,000 a year and up. And up. And that's, okay. And that's after... That's after um, uh, uh, yes, grants and scholarship and help. That's right? after they, they they tell you what they're going to discount the rate by. Then the yep. average cost um, for private university students uh, after uh, everything said and done uh, is fifty four thousand dollars per academic year. Um, in the last twenty years, uh, the cost has tripled. 
Jeez. The cost of college has tripled in 20 years and now has an annual growth rate of almost 7% a year. So uh, that's that's what you're looking at. So it is going to affect people's retirement. And you're like, how does that? Why is Bill talking about that connection? You mentioned that. And I think, Bill, tell us about that, because it's a lot of parents are going to be pulling money or grandparents out of their retirement funds to help their kids cover these costs, right? Yeah, they're either pulling it from retirement funds or they're taking loans or they're paying it as they go from from wages or however they're doing sure. things. But yeah, you know, anything that you take away is going to definitely create an, uh, a negative impact. You sure. know, and this is kind of interesting because the other day uh, we were running through uh, with a client and I was trying to convince her to potentially think about starting social security earlier. She was going to originally wait till 70 years old, single lady, just retired last year, but she really wanted to grow that social security because she saw that if she took it right now, it would be $2,400 at, at like the age of 65 and a half is what she is. So it would be $2,400. If she waited until 70, it was going to be 3,300. And that was a nice big increase, right? What she was missing out and, and what she didn't see is by waiting 56 months to take those benefits, she's leaving $130,000 on the table. One hundred and thirty grand. she's going to leave on the table in order to have that increase. Wow. That's a lot of money. I think the increase ended up being a $975 a month increase, which is big. But in order to get that raise, she had to defer her payments for 56 months. 65 and a half out to 70 and, and not take any, take any social security at all. Otherwise you start taking social security now and you were able to take that 2,400. So let's just round it out, call it 30 grand a year. She takes $30,000 a year now. And she basically continues at 30,000, maybe cost of living adjustment on social security is maybe hopefully we can get to a 2% average, um, continue that on. We've actually averaged over 4% in, co- in social security cost of living adjustment, uh, since 1940. But now it's at this, you know, we like to water everything down um, just because we don't know what the future holds. So we take that 4%, take it down to 2%. Hopefully interest rates keep popping a little bit to give us that 2% average going forward. Um, But that $30,000 every single year, I mean, if she didn't have that, she needs to take the extra $30,000 to fill her income gap right? What she needs to, what she needs in order to live in retirement, because now she's paying herself. She's not getting a paycheck, right? She's paying herself from her retirement funds. So if her income goal was $60,000 a year, she's going to pull $30,000 from SOCH and $30,000 from her retirement, or she doesn't take SOCH and she pulls the whole $60,000 out, right? Of her of her retirement. And so we're t- pulling 60 grand out a year for those next four years. I, I just don't like it, you know, and right. maybe if she had a, uh, a surviving spouse or a spouse, um, that would, uh, take survivor benefits, should she pass before him, 
and we're trying to increase her income. So, and, and maybe that social was the highest and that would pass to him. I could see that as a reason. I could see if we just had to squeeze every single penny and get as much guaranteed income as possible because her assets were really low. That wasn't the case with her. She saved well, had money, you know, about a million bucks or so, about 1.1 roughly, you know, in single, no debt. And she, and, and, and so what do we do at that point? Well, you run all the numbers, run all the situations and every single time it's telling us that, Hey, start taking this. So surely I believe her break even point was right around 84 years old. So she would have had to live until about 84 years old before she actually started making money on the deal. Mm. Jeez. That's a, that's a chunky break even. And, and yeah. we have to think about those type of things. So I have so many people that come into me all the time that say, Hey, you know, I talked to so-and-so advisor. I'm interviewing you and two other people. And so-and-so says that I should wait to take Social Security until the end. Okay. I always say why, right? The whole why management. Why did they tell you? Well, I don't know because it's going to grow. Okay. But but what's it do to your other assets? What do we have to take from? Because money doesn't grow on trees. And let's just say that, you know, between now and the age of 70 years old, something happened, you died. Well, do you think Social Security is going to stroke a check out to your beneficiary saying, you know what, <laughs> we thought that she should have taken this earlier and we, you deserve the 130 grand. Here you go. Get right. real. They're going to, you know how much they're going to give you? 255 big ones. $255, right? They're going to give you as a, as a beautiful death benefit to, I believe, a surviving spouse, by the way, or the family. Come on now. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. It just is, you know, and so instead, think of it as a, think of it differently as, as, why does it make sense for you? Because I can make the situation make sense um, by deferring if details are different. And and that's what I, you know, you know what else I ran into this past week? I've run into it several times now and it drives me nuts. Uh, advisors telling clients that they need to convert everything into Roth right away. Everything, got to get everything into Roth. Let's start converting. Let's start doing it. Well, what if your client is, you know, their, their next conversion, any extra dollars they make, let's say you're in the 22 or 24% federal tax bracket, right? So, you know, your effective tax bracket might be 15 or something, let's call it, but your marginal, the one that that last dollar hits, you know, you can go 10, 12, 22, 24, and you can keep going up from there. If your income, if you're converting your IRA money into Roth and you're converting at a 24 or 22% federal tax bracket, plus our beautiful state of Nebraska taxes, you might be give, you might be right then giving a third of your money away to uncle Sam. Yeah. Right. They say a 30% to 33% of your money away to uncle Sam, just like that. Um, do you want to do, is that, do we think that your tax bracket will be more or less than that in the future? And we have to look at that and we don't have a crystal ball. We don't know what they're going to do, but I was talking to somebody this week in my office and I said, you know, what's interesting though is for a long time now, back in the fifties uh, and sixties, we saw really high marginal brackets, but ever since then they've come down quite a bit. And you know, then a, a, you know, a Republican will get in and say, Hey, we're going to lower taxes. Democrat will get in. Well, we're going to have to increase them a little bit you know, or vice versa, whatever happens, right? But if you notice, Tony, it's not like they increase dramatically, right? We're talking about a, a few points in either direction, right? You know, and, and so I think we have to keep that in mind. Think about, I'm not saying that politics are corrupt. I'm, I'm not, but I am, but I'm not. So if we did say that, okay, let's just pretend they were. And you have politician A who is getting 
benefits and, and from not benefits he's getting um maybe his back scratched okay <laughs> by by this company over here right this company that makes you know billions and billions of dollars a year okay and that Republican says he's going to increase or decrease tax. Then you have the other person that that is that another company is telling. All these companies and politicians kind of work together, people. Haven't you kind of noticed that a little bit? I hate to say yep. it. I'm not saying Elizabeth Warren, you know, doesn't get her back scratched or, or she does. But really, I mean, these people, all these politicians are worth buku bucks. They are. You know, how do you think they got it? I mean, you know, all these lobbyists out there taking all these politicians to dinner. What, what do you think would happen to a politician's life if they if that politician said, you know what, corporation, we're taking it at fifty percent taxes next year? Really, you really think they're going to pay that? How do you think that? How do you think the career of that politician's going to go? <laughs> Come on now, what do you think the ever average Joe out there is 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 creating the super PAC money, or do you think it's coming from massive contributions? Let's be real about this. Seriously, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm not saying the way I want it to be. I'm saying the way it is. It is. Yeah, that's the and way so it you, works. Uh, unfortunately, yeah so, yeah. so be careful out there of of just converting to the Roth because. I, I think it's a that's a fear factor that's put into people. I think it's that it's people saying, "Hey, my gosh, the world's going to go away and taxes are going to go up forever, and and you're you're not going to your money's not going to be worth anything ever." Really, I, I think we really need to be careful about that and start using a little common sense too. Whether you like the person in office or you don't like the person in office, let's just make sure we're being smart about our decisions. I don't want you turning your hundred thousand into seventy um, to do a Roth conversion just for the p- future potential that taxes might go up. Now, I will tell you this: for a lot of people, Roth conversions make sense, but maybe they don't make sense right now. Maybe they make sense a little bit later, or maybe we do a little bit at a time. But for seeing some of the illustrations that we've seen come across our office, where we they have they want clients to be converting big chunks and and paying huge taxes at one time um, just to convert over into Roth, I I think we need to be a little cautious of that and and look at time value of money and and how much is the, the really going to cost us yeah and i think it's important to look at these things now uh, wow our time just flew by we're almost out of time already bill and it, it is so important to look at these things and you know like taxes like you say nobody has a crystal ball uh but you need to have a plan in place to deal with uh things that come down the pike uh, whether it's a tax increase uh or you know but the more things change the more they stay the same in some areas so you have to look at where you're at and constantly monitor it and work with a financial professional like yourself. Uh, now, let our listeners know before we go how they can get a hold of you. Absolutely. Give our office a call. I'd love to meet with you one-on-one. My phone number here at the office, 402-557-6730. Again, 557-6730. Locally, uh, right here, uh, call it Midtown now. or in Miracle Hills, 114th and Dodge. Um, we'd love to see you. And we have events coming up. So we have uh, two events coming up on March 9th and March 11th at Champions Run. We'd love to see you there. And uh, we'll talk about finance and, and Social Security and Medicare and tax. And and we'll bring Julie in. Julie's new to our staff, runs our uh, runs our CPA for, firm. And, and so, you know, a lot of fun we're having here. So we'd love to see you. Give our office a call to reserve 402-557-6730.
All right. Thanks, Bill. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of The Big O Money Show with our host, Bill Altman. Thank you for listening to The Big O Money Show. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Bill Altman at the Premier Advisory Group. Call 402-557-6730 or visit their website at paradvisor.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Bill Altman and the Premier Advisory Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.